It is time for Mac Geek Cabin. Warren comes to us today with our opening cool stuff found, and it's a simple one. Onyx, our favorite troubleshooting app, one of our favorite troubleshooting apps here, is now available for Mac OS Ventura. It's at titanium.fr, and we will, of course, put a link in the show notes at macgeekgab.com, where, by the way, you can also sign up to get the show notes delivered to your email every week. More tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek Gab 955 for Monday, November 14th, 2022. <laughs> Greetings, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek Gab. The show where you send your cool stuff found, your tips, your questions in to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. We take everything, we mash it up, we string it together into an agenda. The, uh, we answer your questions, hopefully. The idea being that every single one of us learns at least five new things every single week when we get together. Sponsors for this episode include LinkedIn.com slash MGG, where you can go and post your first job for free. BB Edit, one of my favorite things and and my certainly my favorite text editor. And Collide, where at KOLIDE.com slash MGG, you can learn about this fantastic device security implementation that uses Slack to educate your users, not force your users to do things. We'll talk more in depth about each and every one of those a little bit later in the episode. For now, here in still quite balmy Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in equally balmy Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Brown. And here, where it's actually cooler in the studio than it is outside, in Durham, New Hampshire, next to Dave, to his left, to my right. Pilot Pete, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> hey, Pete. It's, yeah, it's nice to have you back here in the studio. Yeah, yeah. it's fun to be here. I'm yeah. escaping some leaf blowers today. It happens. So. <laughs> hey, that's how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I need to give you a little more gain, Pete. Okay. So, so I, oh, no, I haven't done that. I, that's the wrong channel. All right, well, we'll adjust that as we go. There we go. Uh, let's go to listener Scott here, and we will get things started. Great, with, Scott. Great, Scott. Gosh, <laughs> you know, the problem is I just came off doing a run of Rocky Horror. Oh, yes. <laughs> and there is a callback that the audience does great with Scott. Great Scott. I'm not going to repeat it here no. because we keep this show family friendly, but I almost said it because it's just become muscle memory. Wow. All right. Scott says, please save us, Scott. Since upgrading to iOS 16, after sending an email with a reference to waiting for a response, such as get back to me when this is complete, iOS takes it upon itself to create a follow-up message for me. It then proceeds to put that back in my face when I open mail, suggesting that I send it as a follow-up to my original. Hey, look. I don't need reminders like that. I have my own systems in place to determine when to follow up. Thank you very much. It turns out that the new version of iOS mail has an option enabled in settings, apparently by default called follow up suggestions. For those of you who like Scott, uh, like me, he says, don't like to be nudged to follow up on things instead of following your own methods, turn that off and you do it in settings, mail, scroll down a little way to messages and it is called follow up 
suggestions and uh and yeah i i found it on mine too i had to turn it off uh i looked for this in mac os mail on ventura and i could not find it pete you said you did i found a well i found a little something and first of all kudos to scott for not seeing i have a wife to nag me about those things instead (laughs) of (laughs) he wanted to remain married i guess i don't know yeah Uh, but yeah no in in mac os mail uh under messages under, I'm sorry, under the message menu, about six down, there's ignore follow-up. But I think you have to have that follow-up mail, highlight it, and then click on ignore oh. follow-up. So it, it doesn't stop it from coming back, but I think it, it turns it off at that point for that mail. Yeah, when I, I, that was very confusing the first time I found yeah. a follow-up mail yeah. in my inbox. Wait, yeah. that's something I sent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Where'd that come from? So, so, all right. Yeah, not quite as granular as iOS. Yeah, 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 yeah. John, you didn't find anything for this in macOS Mail or a, comp, a similar setting, right? No, no, yeah. All right. Uh, Vashon brings us our next quick tip. He says, in a recent episode, you were talking about the voicemail messages being full on your iPhone, and there was no way to delete them for good. There absolutely is a clear all messages option button under deleted messages. Once clicked, you'll be presented with a, with a uh, dialogue that reads or asks permanently clear deleted voicemails. When clicked, all are removed and you get your space back. Okay, so you got to delete them first and then go into deleted messages and effectively empty the trash. Yeah. So, yeah. Does uh, that automatically empty after 30 days? Or I don't know. John, do you know? I don't I no because when i when i had this happen to me yeah so i um had someone um got back to me called me back you know i called them and they called me back and he's like oh yeah by the way your voicemail is full and i'm like huh (laughs) yeah so i don't think it happens automatically okay okay yeah or at least not in my experience maybe it will now with newer versions of the os right Got it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yes, it could. Well, yeah, I, I suppose it is an OS thing. I mean, it, it's a it, it, there, there's a, a partnership there between iOS and whoever your carrier is, because the carriers have to support what what the Apple calls visual voicemail uh, in order for that to work. Most carriers do, but it is that partnership between the two. So, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to our opening cool stuff found. Uh, Brian Monroe in our chat room at live.macgeekab.com points out that I spoke the wrong URL for it because I was pulling it from memory. It is titanium-software.fr. It's the right one in the show notes. I just said it without the dash software in the intro. So um, that And that's the, the Onyx for macOS Ventura, which is now out. So thank you for that, Brian Monroe. Appreciate the heads up. All right. Moving on to Jocko, who brings us our next little quick tip. And this really is a quick tip reprise. Jocko found something that any the first time any of us find it, we are super excited about it. And it's one of those things that I think for most of us, certainly for me, immediately makes its way into my fingers muscle memory. And that is, he says, You know, when you type a long message and realize you've made a mistake somewhere, it's always been a mission tapping with my thumb at the right place to move the cursor to the correct letter so I can edit. Well, to move the cursor easily, simply 
tap and hold on the space bar on your iPhone and move the cursor to the correct place. It basically turns your iPhone keyboard into a trackpad so that you can drive around. It, it, yeah, I agree. It's, it's not Apple should communicate to people that this feature is there because everybody should know about it because it's just, it's so handy and yet clearly not everyone does. And which is why we revisit this on the show. You know, I don't know. We probably do it once every six or eight months. I find it posted to like CNET once every two years. And every time people share it, like it's, you know, they've invented fire, right? Like it's exactly because it's so powerful. It is. It is very powerful. As soon as I found it, like you say, immediately it went in there and, and just to, uh, Dot an eye on that. The way you tell that you're in that trackpad mode is all, all your keys go blank. Yes, so, that's right. You know, when yeah. you're looking at it is because if you if you start moving too soon, you wind up scrolling. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> or, right. Or, you know, it's pulling you're typing letters, letters or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great one. Um, yeah, I just I wish I, I wish like the first time you launch the key. I mean, I, I know that Apple can only do so many things. And but what they tell me about. The first time you launch the keyboard on an iPhone is the whole like uh, you don't have to lift your finger to draw words right. functionality. I, I'm curious. Do, do either of you guys, John, do you use that functionality? The, the just keep leave your finger on and, and draw words? No. Okay. Pete, do you? I need to record that. Yes, I do that all the time. <laughs> you, really? <laughs> I okay. Do. Uh, yeah, I, I find I'm much faster if I, if I swipe to, to draw a word, so to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and iOS is pretty intuitive it's good um, yeah and it even puts in the correct form of two t-w-o-t-o right 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 yeah oh yeah it's good at that stuff um, yeah. yeah and and i actually had i used to have another keyboard called swift key which i have since gotten <laughs> rid of but because SwiftKey was the first did well, it did that did that for you that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean it's i guess maybe i i don't I, I would say the trackpad and this is you know dave's opinion um to me, the trackpad functionality is far more important than the leave your finger on the trackpad yeah. or the finger, finger on the keyboard functionality, but I, I don't know. I actually, I'll tell you what else I've started doing even more yeah. is go down to the bottom right corner, tap the microphone, and just dictate what I wow. want to say. Isn't that right? And, you know, in a noisy <laughs> environment, doesn't work so much, but, yeah. you know, especially in the car, try not to text in the car, but if I if I get something that's urgent, then, you know, I just hit the microphone and, and tell it, Hey, yeah, you know, do this. Yeah. And yeah. All right. Good stuff. Any, do you have any related tips, John, that come to mind while we're having this discussion? No, I, I, I think I stumbled across this by accident. Okay. I mean, yeah, but I, I don't really do lots of emailing on my phone. I do most, if not yeah. almost all of my emails on yeah. my computer. Yeah. Well, and this We're isn't just too. email. Yeah, it's texting. It's any time the keyboard's up, you can you can you know draw mm-hmm. your your things. I, I mean, I use it. Yeah, or I use the trackpad thing in lots of apps. But yeah, all right. I uh, should start charging on the flight deck when I show guys that on the iPad. Right? You know? I, I know. Hey, it's five dollars. I'll show you something cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because every one of them is like, oh, that's worth its weight. Hey, speaking of voice, Rico has a PSA here. Uh, He says, did you know that while the hey S lady, I'm not going to say that, although I probably could because it would likely only wake up my phone, which I don't want to do. He says, did you know that while hey S lady is trained to listen to your voice, 
what comes afterwards is not. So if I were to wake up my phone with Hey S Lady and you started talking before I could, uh, it, it, you know, yeah. you would be able to give my phone commands. Unlock and Dave's front door. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rico says, um, and needless to say, our family tug of war for the car radio has taken on a whole different dimension. I am so glad that my family didn't know this, and I'm hoping it remains that way because um, we were in Oregon. It was I guess, about a year ago. Uh, we, my wife, daughter, and I went down to we, we you know we were staying in Portland. It was Thanksgiving season. We were out there visiting Lucas, who was at school, and uh, but he had classes, you know, for a couple of days that we were there. So we went to Willamette Valley and did a, a, a cup, actually several wine tastings. Uh, I maintained my sobriety. And so I drove us home and that was the plan. It was fine. It was all good. No, no complaints. Uh, we had a lovely day. It was really fantastic. Actually, we blended our own wines, oh. which was fun. Like I never, yeah. It was like, and we learned about it. It was like a class that we took. It was, you know, we found like some Airbnb experience anyway. Um, on the way home, the the ladies wanted to hear Dua Lipa, uh, the the levitating song that she has that was you know even more popular a year ago than it was now, and they kept ranting at the the car because the car that we rented had CarPlay you know and so they were they just kept saying hey S lady play Dua Lipa and thank goodness it wouldn't listen to them because it was my phone because I was the one driving. And so uh, I was able to avoid hearing levitating over and over again on the way home. But if they had it, I'm glad they didn't figure out that me waking up the phone was enough to get them access to tell it what to do. So, right. yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was good. So thank you for that, Rico. Please. Uh, Pete said he was going to uh, ask people on the flight deck to, ch- to, to pay him for the advice that he gave him. I'm asking you, I will pay you not to give my family that advice. So <laughs> anyway, I've had that a, a couple times too, with like my mother in the car. I'll yeah. say, Hey, yes, lady, you know, and then mom starts gabbing on in there. It's like, Ugh, yeah, mom need you to be quiet for just a second. Just a second. Yeah. We have that in the <laughs> yeah. kitchen yeah. with uh, the a lady. Cause yeah. that's what, we, you know, that's what we use out loud in the, in the, in the house. And, you know, somebody will be cooking and like conversation is going and somebody says, hey, you know, turn on the oven, which is uh, we have a Wi-Fi oven. I-, I can't tell you how much we love being able to say, hey, preheat the oven to 350 degrees. Oh, that's cool. I don't know why we use the word preheat, by the way. Yeah. There is no preheating. Yeah. We are heating the oven that's to right. 350 degrees. There you go. Yeah, it's it's like you don't parboil water, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. tell it to your hot water heater. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't heat the hot water as much as people might think. Too anyway. funny. Yeah. Anyway, Harvey, save us from this, uh, this mayhem. Harvey says, uh, where is Harvey here? Do we have a quick tip from Harvey? Yeah, it was on. Uh, it's about the series six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't have an email from him. We have a. Um, it's just a, a reminder that with the latest versions of iOS uh, and WatchOS, you can control your Apple Watch with your phone. 
And you do this by going into settings on the iPhone that's paired with your Apple Watch. So generally, your if it's your Apple Watch, your iPhone, go to accessibility and go to Apple Watch mirroring and you can turn on Apple Watch mirroring. An image that mirrors your Apple Watch uh, display appears on your iPhone and you can use gestures on the mirrored image. So it it truly is like screen sharing for your watch, which is awesome. That is cool. I wish I could do the same with my phone. Right. I like I'm from my Mac. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. I don't, there's a uh, couple quick points on that one. I think we talked about it before is you can control your phone's camera from your watch though. So you can take selfies from across the room and, and tell it, Hey, now snaps, you don't have to get set for 10 seconds and, yeah. and smile and all that. And, and you then, can control the zoom yes. with the crown. Yes. When you're doing yeah, that. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is so cool. Yeah. And something else I just figured out, and we'll talk more about focus stuff later, but you can not only pick your screen for your iPhone based on the what focus mode you're in. So you look right. at it and go, you're, you can change your watch face as well based right. on what focus mode you're in. For instance, right now, I usually am in Wayfinder or something like that, the new one, but I changed it to another one when I'm in podcasting mode, just so it's it changed my yeah so it tells me hey i'm in podcasting and you can actually see the calendar event let me see if it, now it's upside down it's upside down yeah 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 but it's, if it's you, saying if, i'm doing the mac geek gap if you're watching the yeah if you're yeah. watching the video you can see it so, yeah um oh i gotta do that because that's a i love the the uh i love that implementation on the phone because at quick glance of my phone i know what, what focus in. mode i'm in yeah i but like I glance at my watch far more frequently than I glance at my phone. And it's not uncommon for me to finish a podcast and realize an hour later that I'm still in podcasting focus mode. Where no one can get a hold of you. Where, yeah, 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 you guys can get a hold of me. That's it. You know, and it's like, oh, crap. Yeah, got it. Also, while we're at it, on the quick tips, I noticed something. You know how you can uh, mute certain conversations? In messages. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you see a little, you know, the little bell with the, the line through it right. next to it in the list. So you, you have a visual indicator that it is muted. If that conversation is pinned as one of your favorite conversations, right? So you mm -hmm. can, you can Just pin your favorites top. up at the top. Yep. Yep. There is no visual indicator that that conversation is muted. Uh, and I, I, it was the strangest thing, man, for like a couple of weeks back in October, I wasn't like, I would see messages from my daughter, but I couldn't like, I was like, why am I not getting notifications from her? And finally I, I looked like in our messages thread and I had hide alerts turned on. I don't know when or why I would have turned that on, but it got turned on on one of my devices. And of course it syncs to all of them, right. but there was zero visual indicator that it was on. And when I turned it off, things looked exactly the same as they did when it was on. So yeah, be aware of that that's one of those ui inconsistencies with uh hide with, stuff from yourself you can yeah yeah hide stuff from yourself right yeah yeah exactly yeah so i um yeah there was just nothing i had no idea even texting her there was just nothing on that screen or anything yeah yeah interesting yeah yep uh speaking of the watch listener mark has a, a quick tip going back a couple of episodes here we were talking about the uh the watch strobe right because you can you can have the 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 white light ish the red light and then the strobe light 
And we were saying, you know, limited use cases that we came up with for it. Mark has another one. He says, uh, as the days get shorter, the strobe setting is great for walking or biking along roads at dusk. So cars can see you. What a brilliant idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. It really is. Yep. I still would like, you know, you got the red mode on the Apple Watch Ultra. Yeah. There's, I forget what well, we mode have the it red is. mode on all watches. Yeah, as you oh, pointed do they? out. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. no, no. Sorry, the red yeah. light for the flashlight. Yes. We don't yeah. have the red watch. The red case. mode. You right, can turn your right, crown right. on your watch dial, and it goes, and your watch goes red. It's good for sleeping. You can leave the always on display on, and yeah. you aren't brightening up the entire yeah. room. Yeah. Uh, but the the one fish shake at Apple I have on that is, you know, if you're in red mode and you turn on the flashlight, maybe you'd like the red light to come on. <gasps> But it comes on to white, and it defaults to white. Even if you turn yeah. it off and go back, it comes back to white. You so, have to be in theater mode for yes. it to default to red. To red, yeah. yeah. So, Apple, if you're listening, when you're in red mode, how about letting me turn my flashlight on to red, please? Yeah. <laughs> please, yeah. somebody? <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this. So, so, you're right. That particular watch face is only available on the, the ultra. ultra and when you turn the crown on that watch face it goes from you know i'll call it white yeah. to yeah to multicolor right to to just red uh while we don't have that watch face on other apple watches we do have other watch faces of course yeah. and the crown is useful on those faces um i have uh yeah, Pete's I'm uh, trying the, to do it on the video. Pete in the video is showing oh, it only it. does I, it on Wayfair. Never mind. It's only on that one yeah. watch face. Yeah. But yeah. um I, you know, whatever watch face I'm using uh, as I as I move the crown, the numbers uh get taller and shorter. I I I, I will attempt to show it on the oh, video. Okay. Yeah, Let's I mean it's dinner. it's just one of those things um yeah, you can see it happening on the video where the numbers get taller and shorter. It, it's it's a weird. It's for us old guys that can't see as good. No I don't more. know. No, it's more of a design <laughs> thing to be yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Uh, like to me, it, like the, the, they don't get easier or harder to read. They just look different. So yeah. I don't know what that, I, you know. So my point is, regardless of what watch face you use, try moving the crown on the watch face. You might find that it does a thing. That either is useful or interesting or you neither. You might find some cool stuff. You might find. And then when you do, you what to, What do they do when they find this information? Personally, I'd send it to feedback at MacGeekGuide. Well, that's a choice that's that just you could me. make. That's a choice. John, would you make a choice? Um, my choice would be feedback at MacGeekGuide.com. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's choices that you guys would make. I... I and again, this is just me. I'm, I'm right. Obviously, I, I'm, I'm the most show. right here. <laughs> well, it's our show. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's feedback at MacGeekUp.com. That's there where I would go. send it. Yeah. All right, John, you want to uh, take us to Peter's quick tip? Yeah, Peter's got a good one here. Um, Peter says, or writes, following up on the discussion about access to the photo library via the camera on the lock screen, I tested and find out that the trick you previously covered on holding the side button and one of the volume buttons to quickly shut off face ID while traveling also shuts off photo access on the lock screen. Uh, And it does. That makes sense. That's a good thing. I like that. Yeah, when I did it and, and, you know, I tried to access my photos, I think it it just came up with the screen saying no access. Nope. Huh. I like it. Right. Well, protect your photos. Yeah, because... 
this okay, this makes sense. I, I when when this first came in, I was like, well, but what we learned was photos aren't accessible from the lock screen unless you unless it's you that's looking at the phone because face ID will unlock it for you and then photos are accessible. But because that that little move of of hitting both the buttons shuts off face ID, which means that photos would then be unaccessible until you unlock the phone. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now I'm, now I get it. Now I get it. All right. There you go. Um, this is good. All right. In the, uh, in the pre-show Pete, you and I were talking about notifications, uh, and focus modes. Right. And, we realized something interesting. I, do you want to? Do you have a, a concise way of explaining the problem? I, I can't remember what I when I had a last sip of coffee, but I will give it my best shot. Here. Okay. Um, so I was playing with focus mode this morning, and, I, and one of the things I discovered that new in iOS 16 is not only can you allow certain people to notify you, and, and this is an either or, you can set up a block list from notifications in given focus modes. That's right. Um, so that's kind of cool. But the other thing, I had set it up so I had only allowed certain people to notify me, and then I went downstairs and I was making my coffee, and lo and behold, if Xfinity didn't notify me that my payment had been made, I'm like, I know I didn't allow them. Well, guess what I did allow? Messages. Right. Which which you pointed out to me, yeah, you allowed all messages to come through when you do that. So it's, you have to disallow that app and allow certain people through in a focus mode. Right. So, so it, I, I did the same exact, the reason I knew what your problem was, was because yeah. I made the same assumption. And the, sum, the assumption that I made was when setting up my focus mode, you can, you can select people and apps. And as Pete said, you can select people to either include or block. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think the same is true with apps. You certainly can choose certain apps to allow. And so I set up my focus mode and I said, all right, great. These are the people I want to allow. And these are the apps that I want those people to be able to pester me with. Right. Right. And so I added messages. Unknowingly, what I did was I said, I'll let those people pester me, which would be calls and messages and not just messages, but Slack and, you know, WhatsApp and any other app that that subscribes to, to you know, to, to that links your contacts together, which is a great feature that I love. But I also then allowed messages to notify me anytime the messages app it's not connected so if i just wanted people to notify me via uh if i just wanted to get notifications from certain people don't add apps to the uh to the focus mode right yeah right and i I, made let let me also make a psa here while while i'm thinking about it because i had this discussion with my wife this morning uh my mother-in-law was the victim of a elder abuse scam, you know, Hey, go to target, get cards and don't go to the checkout with people, go to the self checkout, that sort of thing. And our neighbor's mother recently uh, wound up giving her bank account number, the routing number and adding somebody to Zelle. And fortunately when she, when it denied it, she went to TD bank and they went, yeah, no, you're being scammed. So thank goodness TD bank was on the ball with this. But for those of you who have some an, an elderly parent or someone that doesn't quite grok technology, I would get into their phone and get the focus mode going so that these knuckleheads can't get through to them. Mm. Start blocking people that aren't in their contact list from being able to call them. And I just 
that's that's what we're doing with my mother-in-law now, and that's what our neighbors uh, are going to do with with their mother's phone, so that someone can't call. And of course, they set it up when it came through. It looked like it said Apple computer. Their caller ID said sure. Apple computer, sure. you know, because they're yeah. spoofing it. Yeah, and well, she that's why she believed it. It said Apple computer. That's why they're calling me. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Well, they, the, the Apple computer doesn't call you and ask you to go to Target and gift gift cards. Do you understand that, right? Well, but they needed money. Yeah, so, that's uh, Apple has yeah. your credit card. Yeah, yeah. So with with uh, focus mode, you may be able to pr- help prevent some elder abuse and some elder scams, folks. That's just just repeat offering a <laughs> offering an idea there. That's because that's what we're doing with my mother in law now, trying to keep them out. You know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out our sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's true. And we use LinkedIn Jobs to find Sadie. She's been with us almost two years now. And we definitely wouldn't have found her without LinkedIn Jobs. It's amazing. You just post your job. You create your job post. Then you add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. And that way it spreads the word that you're hiring. And then LinkedIn Jobs has simple tools like screening questions that make it super easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who do you like to interview and hire And you can finish the year strong by hiring the right team member to get you through. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk with faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. That's linkedin.com slash MGG to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply And our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode. Next up is BB Edit from Barebones at barebones.com. BB Edit is your tool and my tool for everything that I need to do with text. Sure, I use it to code and it's fantastic for coding because it adds visual indicators of where you are in your code. It highlights functions differently than it highlights variables And then you can also, when you define your own functions, you can twist, open, and close the the code for them so that you see where your functions begin and end. And like I said, you can even hide them out of the way. But it's more than that. You can count the words in a document. You can, and I use it for this all the time. You can compare the differences between two text documents. It now supports notebooks and not just notebooks but you can create multiple notebooks in any desired locations this avoids having all of those untitled documents cluttering up your bb edit workspace you store your notes in a notebook and it's great they have figured out what you need to do to make text work for you and you can go check it out go to barebones.com they've got a 30-day eval to try out everything in the app and then after 30 days Some of the features scale back, but most of them remain and you can keep it or you can do what I do and use the paid version. You can all check it out at barebones.com and our thanks to Barebones and BB Edit for sponsoring this episode. All right. Uh, Harvey has a question for us. He's been been having an issue with text replacements, uh, not syncing. 
And we talked about him, I think, in it was either the last episode or the episode before. And he signed in and out of iCloud. That didn't work. Uh, he tried adding a text replacement to his ma- His text replacements weren't syncing to his, I think, his iPad. So he tried adding a text replacement to his Mac. That synced to his iPad, but it didn't bring the others along with it. He tried adding something to his iPad. That synced back to his Mac, but it still didn't cause the text replacements to uh, appear on the iPad. What he, what I then suggested was, okay, we'll try editing every text replacement on your Mac. He said, I'm going to have to go and manually re-enter them. I said, well, if you're going to have to edit every one of them, uh, instead of that, go just add like a one to the beginning of every single one and see if the edit then forces things to, uh, to sync through. And it did. So that, that worked and it kept him from, from having to, you know, retype every one of them. But what he said was, I'm not able to edit text replacements on the Mac. I can add them and I can remove them, but I can find no way to edit them. So I thought, well, that seems strange. And so I went into system settings, keyboard text replacements on my Ventura Mac. And what I had to do was tap twice on either side. You know, text replacements have the what you type and what you get columns. I had to tap twice on whichever column I wanted to edit. That is not a double click. That is a clicking twice with a lot of space and time in between those two clicks. For me, that was how I was able to consistently get that to turn into an edit box. And, uh, and, and then everything was good. So I Ooh, got another way to do it. All right. Great, Pete. Thank you. Uh, highlight it. Okay. And hit the enter key. Oh, and then you can tab it to get over to the next column or shift tab to get to the previous column. Oh, man. I knew there was a reason I let you in the door this morning, <laughs> Pete. That's great. Right. Even a blind squirrel. Yeah. So. Good. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's weird that there's, it's, it's not like if I'm clicking on it, what did you think I wanted to do with right. it? Like you, there's no. Right. There's no functionality with clicking on it. Although, and I will remind everyone, I know we talked about this recently, but if you right click on them, you will see the import and export uh, right. things. So, And if yeah. you double click on it, it just sits there stupidly. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what do we have? You have to have you. Oh, why I love stage manager. Why I love stage manager. Yeah, Kirit writes... He says, uh, Dave, I've heard you on two to three occasions that you do not see the value of stage manager in your workflow and have encouraged your listeners to share their reasons. Uh, I have started loving it. It is really good on large monitors on desktops. For some, it may work on laptops, but real estate limitations will bother you. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. He says, uh, I am a neat freak. And I do not like clutter on my desktop. My dock icons are absolutely minimalist. I use Alfred for app launch and bartender for menu bar. Only one window at a time. I have over the years learned to use spaces. Okay. This starts to make sense to me. It says, so for emails, uh, Apple, MimeStream, and Spark, I had three spaces. All were optioned to open in a certain space on startup uh, spaces for notes, messages, etc. Now I have only four spaces, one for emails, one with one app on the front stage two on one side. Okay. 
Uh, seems getting a little bit weird. It might have been dictated. Uh, miscellaneous spates for notes, messages, WhatsApp uh, with only one window open, a browser space for Safari, Chrome and Firefox and a project space for all the things related to it. And that's it. It's all clean. And I am able to uh, to open everything. So, yeah, that's cool, Kirit. All right. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. It it clearly is the evolution of spaces is what this stage manager yeah. is. So yeah. yeah. And I've heard from several others that the larger the screen, the better stage manager works for them. So yeah. 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 Are you using stage manager at all, John F. Braun? Um. Well, sometimes. Okay. Like what? How do you use it? Like what's your what's your use case for it? I'm curious. Uh, just to, uh, you know, to see, uh, to see what apps are running. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Do you have your doc auto hide? Uh, no. Okay. So, I mean, so theoretically you could see that with the doc with the tiny little dots, mm. but okay. Interesting. But it doesn't show you every app that's running in stage manager, right? It only shows you the recent ones. Isn't that correct? Um, not on my implementation. Huh? Interesting. Well, I'm on a laptop, so I use command tab to f- see what's running. Right, you right, know, right. Keep the, keep the command key down until I, you know, get yep. to where I want it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right, cool. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I, I have yet to find the workflow for me. I, I have, I, I never implemented spaces really. I would use it when doing presentations because mm-hmm. it's a really easy way to just like make sure that all the app clutter is gone. But, um, but I, yeah, I, I never, it, I don't know. It just never, never stuck for me. I'm, I, but I see people, like my son on his laptop uses spaces at, at very much as an integrated part of his okay. workflow. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And he has not gone to stage manager yet. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that, if that happens. Interesting. So, yeah. 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 Hey, I got to offer a warning. People don't listen to this next section. If you don't want to buy an Apple watch. Oh yeah, that's true. John, <laughs> you want to take us to Lee? Yes. As our, as our most recent Apple watch convert. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lee says, um, uh, I was late on set Apple Watch user having inherited a well-used Series 2 model from my wife about a year ago. Despite its age, the battery lasts me all day easily. That's been my experience, too. Um, I definitely fall into the category of not really knowing what it can do despite being a Mac geek for decades. Maybe because... Maybe because it's because I've never worn a watch. They don't really perk my coffee. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> too, too. That's good. Uh, but here's what it's done for me that I now couldn't live without. Um, one, uh, response the second factor login requests for VPN logins. Neat. Uh, I just tap the watch to accept. I do this dozens of times a day. So much more convenient than digging out the phone. Uh, number two responds to my mask, my Macs asking if it's okay to install software, etc. Uh, it just drops in the password, double click the watch and off we go. No mousing or typing. Uh, number three lets me receive phone calls to my iPhone when I'm around the house and the phone isn't, isn't with me. 
Um, I actually had that happen the other day. Uh, someone yeah. called me and I saw it on my watch and I'm like, oh, well, that's neat. <laughs> Did you answer it on your watch? No. Oh, okay. It works. Like the microphones are amazing. I, the microphones are amazing. Yeah. I've, I've talked to Lisa on her watch and not known that she's on her watch. Cause you know, we'll be having a conversation. She was like, hang, hang on. Let me, uh, let me, let me just pick up my phone and do it this way. It's easier. I'm like, what were you on? And she's like, oh, it's just, I answered on my watch. I was around the house or whatever. I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I have, but I have made calls on the watch. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Yeah. And you know, so I called my, Landline. Yes, I still have my landline people. Is it really a landline or is it a VoIP line? No, it's it's VoIP. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I called it for my watch and I was like, wow, that's neat. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, some other things. Uh, I can see messages. Um, okay, if you want to see them, that's good. Um, I've, I've had that happen as well. Um, all right, let's see. Okay, I can tell the time with the addition of the time in my home, then across the world. No big deal, but it takes out confusion of daylight savings on both ends. Okay. Yeah. Um, ah, but, yeah, with my, with my daughter in Italy now, I have mm. the time in Italy just up on my watch all the time. And, sure. and they, you know, they switched over to daylight saving, uh, uh, you know, or week, whatever they call wintertime and summertime, before, yeah. a week yeah. before us. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, Oh yeah, super easy. I just I know that it's you know five thirty where she is right now. So yeah, it's easy. Yes, John. Um, okay, next. Um, I see my next calendar appointment. Yes, I've I've had that happen uh, on the watch face. Very handy. Um, although my organization uses Microsoft Office and Outlook as its productivity platform, uh, it's not uncommon for Apple Calendar and Outlook calendars to not sync. Sigh. <laughs> um but yeah like yeah i got an alert you know this morning saying hey you, you gotta do a podcast soon yeah right? yeah um, I, you can sync i mean I, like i don't know how his organization has security set up but you can definitely add exchange outlook calendars to apple calendar and then see those on your on your watch yeah. I, I mean it's the same as adding a google calendar yes it's not apple but you could still do that on your phone. So that might be something sure. to look into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and let's see. Uh, we we covered this before, but um, I have used the watch to frame up and trigger the camera in the iPhone for family selfies. I don't know how I ever discovered that. It's a testament to Apple's design that I did. I figured the watch must have asked me at some point. Huh. Yeah. Um, how are and- you liking your watch, John? Um, I found, I had to say, I was getting over notified. Yes. Um, <laughs> this was a conversation so, so Pete I, and I, I had I, this morning. Yeah. 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 I subscribe to Apple news. Yep. News. Will come. And I get the notifications on my MacBook about articles. Sure. But I don't want them on the watch. It's just too much. Yeah. It's not. It's not that important to me. Right, right. Yeah, it's not how you want to consume that information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I went into, I think it's, uh, what is it? The Watch app, yep. notifications, and turned off news. Got it. Okay, and yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a lot happier uh, being in that state because I don't want yep. notifications. The other thing, um, I find it kind of 
clunky, but I have to jump through some hoops to uh, to do Apple Pay, like to bring up the the right card. <laughs> okay, I'm trying I don't to know. think. I just got to figure a better way to to do that. It's it's two clicks and then swipe to the card you want. And it's two clicks and then sc- I, I call it scroll, but yeah, scroll. you're swiping up. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, two clicks of the 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 not crown button, whatever the yeah. heck that is, not ah, the action button, not okay. the action button on the right. ultra. Yeah, yeah it, you're right, but it it I, I actually I. I experienced the same uh, thing as you, go. John, when when that became a, a thing where it was like, I know I can do this. I know I've done it before. Why? Like, why do I feel like I have mittens on? What's the right thing? And oh, I just had can, to do it a few times. You can turn the crown, too, instead of swiping up. Oh, yeah. But you still have to start with the double tap. You have of to the double button. tap to get Apple Pay. Up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then. Oh, yeah, you're right. You can use the crown to scroll around. Ah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to if i want to change the order oh i can drag the order around oh i don't want the the i don't want my debit i never use my debit card do not make that the default please <laughs> okay but i can but you can rearrange just like we were saying on the phone uh recently and i know we said it about the watch at the time but i didn't do anything with it cuz you know we were doing a show and i probably shouldn't be doing this while we're doing a show right. cuz you know it's a thing <laughs> Uh, man, it's really hard to land that thing where you want to land it if it's not the top one, but I, I did it now. I've succeeded. Yeah. Woo. All right. Yeah. Fun. Good. One uh, other native app to the watch, which is actually kind of cool. What's that? Walkie talkie. Oh yeah. Have you played with that at all? Um, yeah, I've played with it. It has not become part of my thing. Yeah. I'll have to pester John later with the walkie talkie. I find it nice. Yeah, I find it nice. Like I can have a quick conversation with my daughter who's in Daytona Beach, mm. but I don't have to. You know, get, her phone doesn't always have the best reception on where she is on campus. Got it. But she, as long as she's in Wi-Fi, and and even though Wi-Fi calling is on, yeah, yeah. sometimes it just drops me into voicemail or yep. it doesn't sound as well. But never had a problem with walkie-talkie on the watch. Interesting. And if she's in class, she can just refuse it. Okay, so your voice does doesn't just start no, you don't coming just start, out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, they get got a notification it. and they can they can deny you. They can a, a, a engage or not. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Huh? I, I, maybe I need to to reintegrate with that. You know, it's, it's like the old uh, I forget which company it was, but it used to drive you nuts. They had the walkie-talkie on their cell phone. Remember that? You used to hear yes. everybody's both sides of the conversation. Just like, please stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it no? It wasn't Nokia. No, Nextel, was, Brian Monroe, yeah, Nextel. Nice That's it. Brian. Totally. Yeah. yeah. In the live.macgeekup.com chat, Brian Monroe for the win. And Brian8944 yeah. as well. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, we have a question from listener John. Uh, he's having some weird issues here. Uh, I'm going to find it here so that Uh-oh. I so that I have it here. I know. Well, maybe I don't have it. Oh, I'm looking in your questions, John. No wonder I can't find it. All right. Um, Listener John says, uh, I've long had an issue with battery drain during sleep on my laptops. And and I want to, I'm emphasizing the plurality of that word. First, it was happening with my old MacBook Pro from 2016. But then the same thing was happening, albeit considerably more slowly, with my new M2 MacBook Air. Oh, he's got one of those M2 Airs, John. I want one of those M2 Airs. Um, I remembered that you guys talked about this issue a long time ago, but was never annoyed enough to do anything about it until now. I looked back in the MGG archives and found what I was looking for. Back in MGG 901 from two years ago, 
you talked about this issue and how you used a PM set command with a grep for wake request to look at the PM set log. And I'll put the command in the show notes so that you folks don't have to guess at it. Uh, but you go to the terminal and you, you issue this command and it will show you the power management log uh, and filter it down to only those entries that have the term wake requests, which is a handy thing to see. Uh, it says, I ran this and came up with what I suspect is why even my new MacBook Air loses battery when it's asleep. It will go from fully charged to dead in two weeks if I let it. Now, that's that's the case on a new Air because the battery life is so good. Yeah. Um, my guess is it was happening in a matter of hours on his 2016. Uh, he said, but running the command, he shows that it's waking up you know, multiple times a minute or at least every minute or two. And the, um, the, the what I'm seeing in common with all of these is that it is finding a uh, I need to I need to see it here. It's it's finding a DHCP lease renewal on a on on a yeah, obviously way too regular basis. You, if you're having this problem, you will find something different, but look for what's common to most of the wake requests. You will see some wake requests that are just the system doing its normal wake up, you know, that happens once an hour or two to check on certain things and that whole app nap deal or uh, power nap. Yeah, maybe it's power nap. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, you know, checks your mail in the background every now and then and those sorts of things, but it shouldn't be waking up every minute. And if it is, that's a problem. Um, DHCP lease renewal that that's when your Mac goes and gets uh, and or confirms its IP address from your router. This should be happening, you know, maybe once every six hours, maybe once every 24 hours. It does not need to be doing a DHCP lease renewal every minute. Generally speaking, it's your router that tells your computer how often to renew its lease your router will say okay i'm giving you this ip address and it's good for six hours uh if you still are on it you know at the end of that six hours come back to me and you know either renew that or i'll give you a new one or i'll i'll tell you no your your you know your your time here is done uh so you know troubleshooting that part of it is sort of a, a whole different thing i, I would go I would look at the router and see if you have some very, very low lease setting. Uh, I'm guessing he probably doesn't, but that's a good thing to confirm. The other thing I would look at is how many, how many devices do you have versus how many IP addresses are in your reservation pool? Because it's possible that your router is saying, yeah, I've got too many people asking for addresses. So I'm going to force everyone to just keep renewing all, all the time. Cause I've got to expire some in order to let the new people in. I like it, it, There's a lot of guesswork obviously in, in what I'm proposing here, but something is causing your computer to think that it needs to renew now. And if it's his router, it should not be happening somewhere else. If he's on a neighbor's oh, that, network. Or, that's a good point. Yeah. Try yeah. connecting to a different router. Yeah. Yeah, and see if it see if, if the same thing the happens. Same thing, yeah, yeah. Um, you could set a fixed IP address uh, when you're home, but the problem is then that fixed IP address comes with you when you uh, mm -hmm. go somewhere else. But that's that would be my test, uh, honestly. If I if I couldn't, I, I say honestly, I need to learn to replace that word with candidly in my vocabulary because it turns out I have been honest with you 
all day so far. Like I have yet to lie to any of you uh, today. So there's no reason to 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 as, couch my next phrase. As far as with, all of you know, honestly, yeah, <laughs> candidly. Uh, if I were there solving this problem, the first thing I would do is look at the router and make sure there's no setting. The second thing I would do is set a fixed IP address on the computer, not a DHCP reservation on the router, but a fixed IP address on the computer. Turn off DHCP, put the thing to sleep, wait 10 minutes, turn it on or wake it up and look at this log again and see if it's still happening because it definitely shouldn't be happening if you're telling it not to use DHCP for your uh, for your IP address. Dave, you may have said it. How how did John get to this log again? Yeah, so there's a there's a command that I will uh, pull up for and and put in the show notes, but it's it's pm set dash g log pipe grep wake requests. I, I said it fast because I really don't expect any of you to try and if you if if that makes perfect sense to you, then great. You know what to do. Forehead slap. Right. But (laughs) if it doesn't, no worries. Go to MacGeekab.com or go to MGG.FM slash 955, which will bring you right to the show notes for this episode. uh, And you will see it right there at the 46 minute and 32 second mark in the show notes. I've confirmed that it will be there. And you just copy and paste that right into your terminal. And then you will get to see uh, your wake request log. Honestly, candidly. It's a good thing to do because if you're not having problems, now you get to learn what normal looks like. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing so that when you do look at this, when you're having a problem, your brain, you know, hopefully you remember a little bit and you're like, oh, yeah, well, these are normal. But this, no, no, no. Like the, that, this, this is it, bad. That ain't normal. Oh. There you go. Pointing to all of us. Pete's, Pete's pointing to 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 his uh, to the three of us. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, this ain't normal. That's right. That he's being honest about. All right. Um, any thoughts on that, John? Where I was looking around on this machine. Where do you set the DHCP lease renewal time? Your router sets that. That's set, okay. That's I, that's I, set yeah, by the router. I think you can manually go in and renew the lease. Right, but your computer doesn't get to decide the lease length. The router decides uh, okay. the lease length. All right, so it's somewhere in my Eero app. Yeah, yeah, or not. Like I, you might not be able to control it. A lot of routers don't give you the ability to to set the lease time. They just pick one and and decide you shouldn't need to worry your pretty little head about it. So right, yeah, because because in John's case, I mean, it it's doing it way too often so i'm like well where can i yeah tell it not to do that and that's why i said you go check the router but but again i my guess is his router i think he's using a tp-link deco mesh system and i don't think his router even lets you change it let alone Mm, interesting yeah i was saying if if you did then maybe someone inadvertently put in Mm -hmm. 60 thinking 60 minutes right right yeah exactly exactly and that's possible yeah if it's set by seconds or whatever which is probably Mm. why they most routers don't let you mess with that but some do certainly, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Um, we have a, a, a bit of a PSA from PC Unix in our, uh, in our discord there. And he got a new Apple TV and, uh, he says, when I set it up, I use the one home screen setting, which transfers all your apps, but not your settings. I remembered just about everything except to assign a home kit room. 
And because it was not assigned to a HomeKit room, HomeKit was unable to see it and made it unable to set my HomePod stereo pair as its default output. So the PSA is when setting up your new Apple TV 4K. Mine's sitting in a box. I, I have not set mine up yet, the one that I ordered the other day. But uh, but it's there. And so we will... Um, we will, but I, I will, I will make sure to set a room, even though I don't use the HomePod stereo pair as my thing. It's, it's handy to have that room configured. Well, because sure. you need to be able to tell the S lady, Hey, do this or, and it also finds it right. Yes. E- more easy when you're trying to do screen sharing. What? Oh, right. Which one? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, we usually do that straight to our TV cause our TV right. supports airplay too. Yeah. Um, airplay too. Also, I should say. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, your TV supports AirPlay two now, correct, John? Yes. Yeah. And do you uh, do you you do you wind up using that regularly? Um, I use it mostly to play videos that I have on my laptop. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you find um, because your setup is similar enough to to mine in that regard where, you know, if you're airplaying to your TV, your TV isn't making sound. You have your external device that is fed from your TV to make sound. So when you do that, like if you're on YouTube, for example, and you say, Oh, I, I, I want to play this video on my TV. Do you ever have, do you frequently have issues where the sound will not play over airplay too? Cause I see this occasionally and it's inconsistent. But um, the only issue that I've had is that the sound doesn't quite sync properly. If I'm using a non Apple video player, I'll have to try this again. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. If I tried to use a, you know, like VLC, uh, the, the audio was way out of sync. If I used QuickTime player, everything was great. So Interesting. I have to revisit that. Yeah, no, I But I, I have had issues with um with Yeah, with AirPlay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm yeah. just sorry you said something cuz now I'm going to have that problem. But. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We've cursed all of you. You're welcome, I guess. Yeah. Feedback at macgeekup.com if you have any trouble. That's where Chris sent in his question speaking of videos. He says, I've looked many times for, and I think this is a geek challenge. I have some ideas, but I, I, I don't have the answer. Maybe one of you guys does, or, or hopefully someone in the community here does. Um, I've looked many times for a basic video editor and haven't found the right thing. What I seek is a Mac app that can trim the ends of a video or take out sections of a video, but do it very simply and quickly. QuickTime Player has the issue of not liking a lot of media types. Otherwise, it actually does these things pretty well. MPEG Stream Clip, another app, has the issue of being so darn slow to respond to user input. And so many other apps, including iMovie, want to import the videos or ask you questions about formats and then require an export or transcode process. So tedious. I want to maintain the original format of the video in question. Isn't there something that will do trimming efficiently? It also, uh, If it also had the ability to combine videos, that would be fantastic. But if I had basic video trimming, I would be happy. Yeah, I I use QuickTime Player for this every week. I download the video from StreamYard for the um, for the you know for the uh, the show, and I trim the the 
certainly the intro off so that the timestamps on that match the timestamps that I give to Sadie so she can find things and cut and all that good stuff. Uh, and that works for me with whatever format I download from StreamYard. It's not an MOV file. It's an MP4 container. But whatever's in that container it is readable by QuickTime, and I don't have a problem with it. But I, I do understand that QuickTime doesn't, you know, do everything. Uh, VLC doesn't do editing, John, right? Uh, I haven't tried it. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if it does, and we just don't know. So uh, I, I'm eager to see those answers come in. But yeah. Pick me. Pick me. Pete. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Pete. Hey, have you guys ever heard of this thing called Set App? Oh yeah. yeah. We talk about that occasionally yeah, on the every show now and then, every you know, now like and again. Just every week or so. Yeah. Uh there's an app in there called Capto. Oh. Capto does screen capturing. You can do the entire screen. You can do sections, you know, just a window sure. on the screen. You can set it to what you want. And it has a nice little editor at the bottom for that very thing. Interesting. And, um, but is it only are you only able to edit screen captures or can you take I think existing you can, I'm videos? I'm pretty sure you can import most video files i have i haven't tried but i think you can yeah um, and then uh, i've also found uh iMovie is so much more powerful than it used to be but you have to export from there when you finished editing share yeah shares an mp4 and so you're losing in theory you're losing quality because it's doing a transcode yeah um i think i think there is one lossless way in that which will okay. give you gigabytes but yeah. then I, I what i frequently do is then just use handbrake to get it down to sure to man, manageable file size but if you want it completely lossless yeah then then i think iMovie i think it'll send out a dot mov well it'll send out a dot mov but but the the, the video is. mov is just a container yeah. of of you know whatever you're stuffing yeah. in it just like mp4 uh and and I think and he What's alluded to this AVI? too. What's no no lossless is we're not doing transcoding. There the, the yeah this is a good question yeah, though yeah, okay. because all of the things I think AVI but certainly mm -hmm. MOV and and MP4 are are, are just containers, containers. Right. yeah and so they can have anything inside them. In fact, you can have multiple things inside them, and you can have right. multiple audio tracks and all of that stuff. Okay. But uh, the 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 concern that Chris has is he wants something where he can trim the video and then just save it without re-encoding the video um I, really what he's looking for is something like fission which sure. is from rogue amoeba for audio right but for video yeah. um I, you know i when, when i need to do more than what quick and quicktime player will do this it, you know and it and like i said it's what i do and it's what he uses when a video will work with it um I use DaVinci Resolve when I need okay. to do something more in depth, but that's like iMovie. You've got to import the the file in, but DaVinci Resolve, it's, it's the, they follow this whole freemium model where what most of us would want to do with it is free. Like you download the software and it's free. It's, it's like final cut uh, for, for anyone that doesn't, that, that doesn't do this professionally. But as soon as you get into the features that you would need for professional use, then you pay and it's not terribly expensive, you know, it's cause it's got to compete with final cut, but, um, but yeah, that, uh, but, but that's not going to solve Chris's problem. Yeah, no. So I'm looking at Capto. It, it will import and I, I don't know what limitations it will, but it'll yeah. only send it out in a dot MOV or dot MP4. Which is fine. Yeah. 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 And that's the other thing is QuickTime. Certainly it can't open every format, but it can open most of them. Yeah. 
And I've found that if I take a video file that QuickTime doesn't want to open and rename it from dot whatever to dot MP4, then QuickTime will open it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. It's just a it's just a container. And and the flip side is true when I need to upload uh, like I, when we do our ad reads separately and I build videos for them so that uh, they're they, they're happy, our StreamYard doesn't accept .mov files, which is what QuickTime uh, outputs. But I use I just re I don't do any transcoding. I rename the file from .mov to .mp4 and I upload it to StreamYard and obviously they work just fine. So yeah, it's um yeah. I don't know. Like, so yeah, I would love to hear if anyone has a thought on this because um, it would be good to know of a video editor that, uh, that does lossless stuff. So feedback at macgeekgab.com. And now I get to talk about our sponsor collide collide is an endpoint security solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in it. Do you know what it is? If you've been listening, you do because it's end users, old school device management tools like MDMs force disruptive agents onto our employees devices that slow performance and treat privacy as an afterthought. Collide does this differently. Instead of forcing changes on users, Collide just notifies your team via Slack when their devices are insecure and then gives them step-by-step instructions on how to solve the problem for themselves. By reaching out to employees via these friendly Slack messages and educating them about company policies, Collide helps you build a culture in which everyone is contributing to security, not doing it because it's just happening without any involvement from them. And this way, everyone understands how and why to do it. And for IT admins, Collide provides a single dashboard that lets you monitor the security of your entire fleet. And it doesn't matter. They can be running Mac, Windows, Linux, And that visibility makes it easy to prove compliance to your auditors, customers, and leadership. You can meet your compliance goals by putting users first. Visit collide.com slash MGG to find out how. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MGG. And our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. All right, time for some cool stuff found as we ride this one out into the sunset here. John, you want to take us to Listener John? Sure. Uh, Listener John uh, says, I've got a cool stuff found to share. It's a small free app in the App Store for the Mac called Velja. Sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As an aside, uh, all right, by Sindre Sorhus. Man, I'm. Okay. Sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, as an aside, Sindre is a prolific open source developer. Most web developers will be familiar with him since his open source work is part of many projects we work on. Mm. Um, uh, so Velja is a browser picker. What's a browser picker? It's a Mac app that you set as your default browser so that when you click on a link, it typically opens it up in the browser. Um Velja will intercept it and present you with a menu of the browsers you've configured. It can do other cool things like automatically opening Google Meet links in Chrome. Um, Uh, ah. And it's available for free in the App Store. And we will give you the link to it. Um, 
Uh, it's certainly not the only browser picker app. It does something I've not found in any other browser picker. It allows you to choose the Chrome profile to open, not just the browser. Uh, that's a big deal for me because I have three Chrome profiles, each with a different use case. Sure. Um, a personal profile, work profile, and a performance profile. Um, so... I got to start. You. Yeah, I got to start using a browser picker because for exactly that, like, well, you know, what, like you found, John, when you opened StreamYard or EVMux or whatever yeah. in, in Safari and it, it munged yeah. your system, if you had just set, you know, that to open in Chrome, it would have bypassed it. I, I got to do this because like, yeah, Google Meet links. I hate running Google Meet in Safari. It's a disaster. But it's great. Yeah. You know, I'll run it in Edge and that's fine. So, yeah. Do you do either of you use a browser picker? John, do you use one? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Clearly you need to based on our experiences with uh, with having links open in the wrong browsers. So, uh, yeah. I, Pete, do you use one? I, I don't. I generally know that, you know, for instance, we use StreamYard. I know I want to run that in Chrome, so I'll open Chrome and yeah. do it that way. But I'm, you know, I'm the browser picker in my house. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it'd be nice to have something that did it for me. What I what I dislike is that when I have a calendar event, it's like, oh, we're doing this in Google Meet. I, instead of just clicking it in my calendar and knowing that it's going to open, I have to go into the calendar, dig into the details of the event, Right click on copy, copy link. link. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And or open it in Safari. Have Safari start asking me, do you want to let it use your microphones? D you know, d dispatch with those. Go to the, yeah. you know, command L copy, then go into the, I think it'd be, I, I got to clearly, yeah. if Velia, Velja, whatever it is, is free, I'm in. So yeah, as soon as the show's over, I'm installing it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I would, I, I would do it now, but. That probably seems like a really, really, really bad idea. Uh, yeah. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Listener David brings us to uh, yet another thing from Anchor. I feel like Cool Stuff Found is, you know, on average about 30% stuff from Anchor's portfolio of products. And, and, and rightly so. I have no issue with this. I, you know, I always have hesitation when I realize that, wow, we're talking about, you know, X a lot. They just make good stuff. He uh, he is recommending or telling us about the Anchor 321, which is a 20-watt power strip with uh, three USB ports and three outlets. And what's cool about this is uh, he says uh, it solved the problem I had with a very busy outlet near my sofa. What it does is it you know plugs into the wall and there's a cord that brings you to the um, – you know, to the, 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 this cube is really what it is. And the cube means that you don't have plug contention and you've got three outlets, one on each side of a cube. And then on another side of the cube, you've got two USB a ports and one USB C port. So you've, uh, yeah, I, I like, this is fantastic. I, I like this thing. That's it's, it's, it, you know, anchor, they put a lot of thought clearly into what the form factor needs to be to make something useful. Right. Yeah. Cause how many times do you have a power strip and you can't plug everything in you need because right. the transformers or. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I do buy a bunch of things and, and um, I'll find a link. I'll put it in the show notes, but I, uh, I find that like here in the studio, you know, I have people coming over all the time and it, the guitar players, every one of their pedals has like wall warts and they would just <laughs> fill up power strips. So 
I anytime I put a power strip here, I'm sure you can see one behind you, Pete. Into the power strip, I will plug like three of these three prong six inch extenders. Right. And then boom, you know, you're good to go. And, and it works. And it works. Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, oh, I, I didn't plug into that outlet because it's busy. And it's like, well, if, if just look, please. Uh, yeah. Come on. And they're black, which is the problem. I need to get them in like, you know, oh. bright green or something. So people see. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that cord's not going anywhere. It's that open. Cord's, <laughs> yes. That cord's not going anywhere. Yeah. So thanks for that, David. Yeah. No, this is um, it, Anchor knows what they're doing. Next on the list is the what's 20 that? 20 watts doesn't seem to be a lot well i mean for charging your phones and your ipad and everything i mean this is i mean what what do you what do you need to charge with Um, i mean your phone's not going to charge it any faster than that uh okay and and I will offer this. I, I've done it occasionally. It it will charge your laptop overnight when the lid's oh. closed and it's off. I yeah, mean, it's yeah, not yeah. Gonna, It's not going to charge it while you're working. Well, no, 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 no. It'll yeah, no, I wouldn't use this for the laptop, but yeah. it's 16 bucks. Yeah. You want to buy a 100-watt charger, you're not going right. to get that for 16 bucks. Right. Yeah, I, I, I buried the lead on the on the price on that yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is this would be your, for your phones and your iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll right. slow your rate of descent on the... Uh, and it, it will it will slow your rate of descent. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a good pilot term. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's good. If you want to listen to more pilot talk, uh, check out so there I was us. That's Pete's show where he interviews some of the most fascinating people who happen to be pilots that I've ever heard of. We're so, having some fun. I know. And not all pilots. We oh. had a drill instructor. All right. That's we, right. Yeah. That's right. And we're yeah. going to get a mechanic on soon. Oh, yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, Albert brings us to another cool stuff found here. This is, this might be my favorite cool stuff found of the week. He says, uh, I found this cool USB to USB C USB C to USB C cable. It not only indicates that you are connected, but it displays the power. Uh, and it, it's, so it is a charging cable. He says, I haven't yet used a power meter to verify its reading, but it seems accurate. He says, I've seen it go up as far as 80 Watts, which makes sense. Um, he says it doesn't pass video and I can't run my monitor with it. So it's, you know, it's, it's not a USB three cable or whatever. It's a power cable, uh, for 20 bucks and it's got a power meter built right into it, right. And, and like right into the edge of it. I, I think it's, that's, it's slicker than a mouse's ear. See, I thought mine was cool because it had a little green light that told you there was power there. And this has that too. Yeah, it tells you exactly how much power but, is yes, there. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more than one green down, light. Down yeah. to the watt. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Did you order one of these yet, John? Um, I already got a USB-C power meter. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same. But, you know, it's cool to have it just right there in the cable. I, I, I bought one of these to have on the couch near the laptop because the power brick is way behind the couch and it's a long cable, but I, I yank it and sometimes it, uh, it pulls out of the other end and I don't know that. And I plug my laptop into charge and it's muted. So I don't expect to hear the sound. Right. And I go to sleep and I wake up the next day and my laptop's dead. So having this with the, mm-hmm. yep, it'll tell me it's doing it. That's what I like to see. I wish, nice. I wish, like I liked it. The, you know, the old, old, old MagSafe cables had the little light on them. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Like yours, you know, you said yeah. you've got a cable just with the light. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to know that it's charging. So. I wish they'd go back to, uh, aren't they in some cases going back to MagSafe? Um, or no, is it all USB-C? For well, power? no, they know that the new laptops have what they call MagSafe, which is new MagSafe, like MagSafe three or something. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to yeah. still prevent tripping. Cause I've, I've managed to pull my USB-C laptop yeah. off the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That yep. was brilliant, and they got away from it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I get why. It's like it's USB C is. It's nice to have things that are universal. Yes, that like, I'll give you. I'll the, give you that. The universality yeah. of USB C is. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I find it handy. Uh, you know. It's yeah. So. Fun stuff. We've got lots more cool stuff found to talk about. We will make sure to prioritize that next week because uh, it's that time of the year when buying, like, that's a great stocking stuffer, that yeah. uh, that USB-C cable with the power. I mean, it's, you know, it's 20 bucks, so it's a little more than you'd spend for yourself on a USB-C cable necessarily, but it's a cool thing to have, so why not just build it into this the This is cable? the cube for another five bucks, it's, you know? I yeah. know that'll be huge in my daughter's dorm room. Yep, yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for a lesson, that was like sixteen ninety nine. That little cube thing. Oh, I thought it was twenty four. No, it, oh, I think it was. Uh, it was uh, the, the, the the anchor, the the little twenty watt thing. Yeah, I think I'll that's sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, fifteen ninety nine. So sixteen bucks. Yeah, yeah. I'll take yeah. two. Right. Yeah. Handy. Ah, uh, all right. Well, that time has come. Here we are, yet again. Got anything else to uh, to share before we before we say our goodbyes? It's nice to share. It is nice yeah. to share. I like it when you share. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is getting weird. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, not normal. Not normal here. <laughs> Nothing normal about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for uh, sending in all of your questions and your tips and your cool stuff found. That's what makes the show. I was going to say that's what makes the show great, and it is what makes the show great. But it is also literally what makes the show. We really appreciate it. You being involved with uh, what we do is why we do what we do. And we say the goal is for everybody to learn five new things. It really, it's our mission. And, and, and no one pursues that harder than us. We want to be the ones that learn the most. And, uh, and so we're hoping everybody gets to learn along with us. So. My problem is I forget six. Well, I learned five. And learned five. Six. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how just how it goes. Pushing so. penguins off the iceberg, as they say. That's right. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for all of it. Thanks for uh, leave us a review. Go to please, if you would, we would five love stars. it. Five yes. stars. Well, you leave it. You, you can leave us a five star review. That would be the request. You can leave us as many stars as you want. I just like the reviews. I, I like to see what people say. It's it's amazing. And sometimes there's you know. Uh, constructive feedback in those reviews that's fine too yeah mm-hmm. so go to uh, mackeycup.com slash reviews good you got anything else to share john before it's uh first time to play us out here nope all right make sure to check out our sponsors collide.com slash mgg barebones.com for bb edit linkedin.com slash mgg our thanks to cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you We've got merch. Go to MacKeekup.com slash merch. Yeah. John, what's Pete's shirt say? Don't get caught.
Maynard.